Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Confessional Podcast. My name is Mike Moran, and I am joined, as always, by trusty producer slash, what's the word for like a third co, like, uh, like a third co-host? Like a, yeah. A, you're like, you're below the co-host as below. far as hosting. I thought producer really kind of summed it up. Okay. Okay. Well, you're, you're the type of producer that ad libs on on the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Color commentator. Right. That's what I never get about producer. Like, there's it's such a wide range of. There's there's nothing. I I call myself the producer for my band because I thought lead singer for my band sounded douchey. What? <laughs> no. I'd be like, ever since that, ever since uh, Eminem came out with that song, my band, these chicks don't even know that I'm right. the lead singer of my band. Right. I was like, man, can't do that anymore. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I tried to get some more producerly stuff in there. I hit you with the finger countdown, which sure. I, I never do. Right, but today right. we're going live. We we're doing video in front of John. It made me think of Wayne's World. There's nothing I'd rather say. We're doing video for the first time ever. In, in, really, no. I mean, we've, we've done live oh, before, okay, right, but this right. is like recorded video. Hopefully, wow. this is going to lead to wow. your uh, launch of the YouTube channel. Oh, that would be that'd wonderful. be cool. Yeah, I mean, we want to give a thanks to the camera crew here. everybody. yeah, yeah, yeah. That stand, that stand, that. Terry, Bill, <laughs> I brought Joanne. these. I brought these legs. There you go, baby. Damn, you have some killer calves, bro. Thank you, sir. Intense. It's a shame you guys can't see that on oh, camera. Like, you ever seen Killer uh, Calves? That Bihar movie from the '60s? No. Jimmy, <laughs> we have a very special guest today. This this gentleman, he's he's very very funny. I I love working with him. He's a great comic, great comedian. Uh, and, uh, he is, he's here to discuss Peter Pan syndrome. You know what that is, Jimmy? Uh, I did not 30 minutes ago when you told me. Right. But then it's, I think I put it together after about five you did. seconds. You did. You did. I didn't even have to explain it to you. It made sense. I was right. like, what could right. it possibly be? But nonetheless, Jimmy, will you... Fly? A fly? No. <laughs> you can fly. I mean, I, right, right. <laughs> I don't think most people have that problem. I swallowed a clock. Yeah. <laughs> Will you please welcome Jimmy to the Confessional Podcast, Mr. John Conroy. John. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Thanks for having me, guys. How you doing? Those are killer calves. I'd like to uh, fancy Thank myself uh, a cab killer as well. Abs- yeah. No, you look good, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Do you ever wear shorts on stage? I definitely have, yeah. Yeah, I, I want a, to um, more than I am allowed to. Yeah, I think uh, also uh, Gabriel Iglesias gave us fat guys a, a lot of leeway in that, right, in right. that respect. Yeah, um, yeah, he's like the Jackie Robinson of fat guys in shorts. Sort of. Right. Yeah, I suppose. Um, well, I mean, if like the one of the biggest uh, draws in the whole world is wearing shorts on stage, it's like who's left to argue? That stupid right. old. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I think it's. So I don't, it's silly. not even it's like, for fat guys. It's just literally if yeah, I was any comic dude, anywhere and someone so much crap for that. said something so about much. my attire, yeah. I'd be like, I, I promise you, I can point to someone who's world famous who wears whatever <laughs> you're upset about. What do you think about shorts on stage, Jimmy? I didn't used to have an issue, but I do feel like uh, I don't know. I've never been a shorts guy. I don't feel like I look good in shorts, so I don't know. I don't know. Sure. No I don't one's good saying cast. that everyone should wear shorts. Yeah. Right. See, that's the thing. You think that you, we, we say we're, we're pro-life, that means we want to... No, it's just no, I think you guys, pro-choice. I've done it very seldomly. Like, I, I don't think I've ever... I, 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 like, I've never done a weekend at a club. Right. I've never done... Yeah, you know, like, like open right. mic, maybe. I've showed up at... Yeah, at like 3 a.m. at a bar in, sure. and done it in sw- worse than shorts, sweatpants, pajama right. Thongs. pants, whatever I want. Yeah, because right. fuck yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I come in with my, my footy onesie. We're supposed to be in the last bastion of like, fuck it, there well, are dude, no rules. There are no rules. Right? So, that to me is old school conservatism. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, uh, you got you to look sharp on stage, kid. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's old Rat Pack type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. but I also shorts have been grudge. normal in music since like the '80s. Like all the punk bands and the metal bands. 
I don't begrudge people who I try not to begrudge people who 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 want to look for a show or anything like that. If sure. they're upfront with me I about what a tire is, what, yeah. I wouldn't. I'm not going to argue. Right. right. I mean, or I'll te- you know, well, what does it pay? Then I either turn <laughs> you down or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, John, tell us a little bit about what you uh, have going on in the comedy world coming up, or or what you're working on. Uh, so I'm headlining Church of Satire that seven nine I think it is. In, All right, um, July seven nine Pennsylvania. And then the next Han- night, Hanover, Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, the next night I'll do Leesburg, Virginia for DC Improv Tally Ho oh, cool. Theater. Awesome. You're hitting um, all the uh, Civil War spots. Yeah, you? and you said this is coming out 623, f- so that night I'm at DuPont Underground. Oh, okay. Um, uh, with Frankie and Eddie Lyles. Uh, all right, cool. Um, I think Chelsea Short's on that show, too. She's great. Yeah, yeah, she's funny. Um, I'm not... Yeah, I just got that flyer. But, okay. Uh, um, yeah, I know. Um, and then I'm at uh, the... Um, headlining Denver Comedy Lounge September twenty fourth and twenty fifth. Wow! Um, you yeah. played there before? No, that'll be a first. I was on their books before the pandemic hit, and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. Um, they're just getting started back up. So awesome! I'm really nice. excited. To go Congratulations! To yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um, do you know Ben Cronenberg? He's a great yeah, comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's involved with that. Nice, so. nice. Yeah, I got. I think I've tried to get him on. He was on my old podcast. I don't think we've had him on this one though. But. Well, he's a guy that you just got. You're gonna have to catch him while he's in town, and he'll come. To, you know, like he, he right. he's just a wanderer, man. He's, yeah, he likes, yeah. <laughs> he's not gonna make plans to. I mean, maybe he would. Actually, well, I, I won't speak for him, but. I yeah, just, I've, I've talked to him about like putting on shows and stuff too when he, when sure. he comes through. You know, of I mean, course, he's he's like a he he's a alternative comedian, very much so. My I although I'll tell you, can I tell you? My, sure. I got to the first week we ever worked together. We worked together at the Mall of America, <laughs> which is the most corporate right, comedy right. comedy club you could ever. I mean, it's in the. F- There's a club in the mall, or yeah, you're, the or they fourth, set you up it's in, in the front like, of the. Fountain. It's in the like you got to go through all the mall to get up to the top floor <laughs> part of the. And by the way, it's a club I love and was one of my home clubs for a sure. long time. I'm not in any way disparaging it, but but uh, but Ben Kronberg is. An alternative, he isn't. Sure. I was, I and, and I, I, love I remember yeah. talking to him after that week and being like, "What is your agent doing? What are you doing here?" Like, right. Right. Um, It'll be in a VFW hall next week. Yeah, like you should. I, well, I was at that time. I was like, you should be in colleges or any, but like the Mall of the like. <laughs> someone has critically misjudged what you. What, what's great about you? Right. Man. Yeah. Did yeah. you get your manager from Disney? Yeah. Um, but he, not that he wasn't. I mean, he cracked me up that week. But like, did did he do well with the audience there? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would. I think he would tell you no. I would I almost. Would tell I would almost take that as him. as a positive. Yeah. If, if he didn't do well. Yeah. Like I mean, it, it's Ben is a very. He's a creative. Art, he's not. He's, he's art, not a mainstream. He's a very artistic person. Right. right. He's not and a for him comedian. To be playing for people with like four stories worth of Victoria's Secret. Sure. Like. <laughs> you know, or or guys in fossil watches. You know, it's not. <laughs> Right. It's not. It's not where I want to watch him. I want to watch like he, um, like Melissa Hahn's doing those great campout shows in in Asheville, North Carolina. Like oh, that's cool. where I want to see Ben Kronberg yeah. in the middle of the woods, mm-hmm. um, as he's meant. <laughs> right. Without even a yeah. show scheduled. Yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. Just run into right. him and yeah. start riffing. Yeah, that we that was like a real fun uh, day I had in New York when I was living there. Was uh, we just like bumped into each other and did like. Um, some like little, it was like a music open mic. And nice. he was just friends with all the musicians, you know? Awesome, awesome. He's Does he live in Denver creative now? creative kind of soul. That was in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, but yeah, he lives in Denver. Now. Okay, yeah. awesome. Is he from, he's from D.C., right? Um, I don't... No? I don't think so. Or just everybody just knows him. I, I always thought he was like local because everyone, you know, he's like seems to be friends with everybody. Um, I, I don't know if he, I think he's been through a bunch of times. He's just been a traveling yeah. uh, road guy for a long time. Yeah. So he's yeah. been through a lot of. Um, now, John, the subject that we are going to discuss today Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah. Uh, now, as, as comedians, you and I might know one or two people, or, or perhaps could even have a touch of it ourselves. Yeah, that's, I mean, 
I, that's what I've, I've been told by a lot of people. I don't know much about it. Um, you just I, This is the first podcast I've ever been on <laughs> in my whole career where someone else was like, you just tell us what the topic is. And, we'll, and right, I was right. like, so I was like, well, I guess I got to look at the backlog. So I looked through a bunch of, and I don't I, I didn't want to do anything anybody else had you, done. You're like, all right, we did Captain Hook disease. We bit, did uh, Tinkerbell <laughs> uh, of the lungs. What's left? Sure. Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what would have been what I was. Uh, what I would have worried about duplicating, but um, right. <laughs> it seemed like on, you hadn't done anything on that. No, no I, I think it's an excellent subject. I. We'll find out, I guess. So where would you I, say I you feel fall? bad for the listeners if it's not. <laughs> Sorry. Well, they can always turn off. I mean, there's, if you're bored, of, it's not you know, like it's not like the they whole bought rest it. of the internet. They didn't like buy this CD at Barnes and Noble, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. Now, where where do you think you would fall on that spectrum of of? Uh, oh, I of definitely immaturity? think like. Um, well, first, it's the sort of thing I would have defended up until. Um, very recently, um, the so, lifestyle, or yeah, or sure, you would have said, "I'm sure. not." Like I, um, I really like, uh, in my mind, like I, I even through my thirties, I was like, "Well, it's sort of cute and charming." Like who who doesn't want to be young? Who doesn't forever? want a giant toddler? Who doesn't want to be young forever sure. and have that kind of ethos? Right. Like I, and I don't know whatever you know. I haven't looked at what the you know what they uh, the bad part of it is to them, but it doesn't. But I do think. In my mind, when I turned forty, like I remember being like, "I'm not going to defend that Peter Pan shit anymore. That's just pathetic at this point." Like, <laughs> really, forty was a very clear line in the sand. Like, it's not that's not charming. Nobody wants to <laughs> talk to a forty year old boy. So I was like, "Let's start getting some shit together." All right. Well, and, what what did you what did you change? Uh, well, I stopped drinking that. Uh, that okay, that was, that's my congrats on yeah, that. How yeah. long now? Uh, well, I don't know how long that is. So. You don't know since the last time you had a drink? October 7th. It's a, it's a sobriety day. Of this last, this last yeah. October 7th? Mm-hmm. All right. So you got like, uh, I don't know, yeah, eight months, eight something like that? Or nine months. All right. Congratulations on that. That's a good, that's good. I'm not really into the counting part, but. Right. Um, yeah, that is the. Uh, there's no reason to bring math into this. Years are pretty easy. You can do a year. Although, yeah, you, yeah that's like when you have a child and you're like, he's 12 months or like he's 15 months old. Yeah, so you mean he's a year old? I've heard that you're allowed to go up to 18 months before it's stupid. Before it's yeah. like it's like you go up like your kid is like how old is he? Oh, she's 14 months. 114 months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like after a certain point, it's like, dude, no one cares. Even with little kids, they do like. I'm five and a half. Right, it's like no right. adult. It's like I'm 28 and a half. Yeah. Well, it really reverses there. Remember, yeah. like when being old was cool. Yeah. Like yeah, it stops when you're 22, I think. But I hold on to being 28. I'm I'm turning 29 in in August. And oh. Up until August 20th and August 19th, I'm still 28, bitch. Sure. <laughs> I'm not giving any halves or anything like that. <laughs> well, I've got 40 around the corner, so I have uh, nothing I want to encourage. Yeah. <laughs> You might um, even hold on to 39 a couple days after the birthday. Yeah, man. Like when some somebody was like uh said something about like, well, September is coming soon or something. I was like, no, it's not. It's a while off. It's a while because I don't want to think that yeah. I'm 40 real soon. September. You know? This is this is gonna be like remember like when summer was was it would like go by so fast when you were a kid and you dreaded September mm-hmm. and you're just it always just and you never quite fulfilled what you thought yeah. you were going to do that summer. And the back to That's school That's what this summer's going to be like for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ever remember feeling that way about summer. I remember just being like, every day is the best. Yeah, because but you, no you didn't school. have the anxiety of like, oh my God, there's only two more weeks left. No. Like, I wasted really? this summer. No, I All just the remember, things I was uh, going to do. No. I, no, I never felt like that's that. That's crazy. I, I always, I was like, I, you aced well, another I, one. <laughs> yeah, really well, crushed this didn't summer. Go to school, crushed to this summer again. <laughs> I would always think like made I'm gonna out get with really... another girl on Fourth of July, but hey, that's other than that, aces. Dude, I, I always like thought like, all right, I'm gonna learn to skateboard really well this summer. Yeah, or I'm gonna I'm gonna learn guitar. You know, classic cool kid thing: <laughs> skateboard, guitar. Yeah, I got kicked out Spike of gu- my hair guitar class. Like I tried to take guitar when I got to high school. I was like, I'll, I'll learn how to play guitar. Sure. And the guitar teacher had like two weeks of me in class and was like, 
Uh, he doesn't have the motor skills. That's what they said. <laughs> you don't have the motor skills? Yeah, I have the motor skills to play guitar. And at that point, I was like, fine, whatever. I don't want to be in this dude's class anyway. But um, this kid is great at summer. Yeah. Oh, I was... And, and And that was the best thing that ever happened to me in high school because they... So I got taken out of that class and I got put in the guidance counselor's office as an intern. Whoa, that's and a then, weird transition. Right? So, and then, like, so what I saw then for the rest of that semester was just seniors just walk in and be like, I'm not taking this class. And I was like, oh, I don't ever have, I can do whatever I want at this right, school right. as long as I just, this guidance counselor can change my schedule at any moment. That's and, cool. And yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird power to have in high school. Like all of a sudden, you get to choose your classes. Uh-huh. Yeah, when you're a senior, you get like inordinate amount of say in your education. Yeah, dude, I did the freaking uh, work study program my senior year. Greatest yeah. thing ever. You leave after four classes. Sometimes you go to work. Sometimes you don't. Yeah, it's very deceiving because you spend all your time through education, and then you get to the top of the barrel senior year, and you just run everything, and then you graduate, and you're at the bottom of the world barrel. <laughs> yeah. Immediately, you're just at the, the shit right, can. Like, right. like yeah. damn, dude. I can't leave early? <laughs> um, now, John, oh, one last thing I wanted to touch on in that last one. Did you have that sense uh, of Sunday evenings, or Sundays being like, oh, no, Monday's coming soon? You're like the most zen elementary the school The Sunday students. Scaries, bro? You didn't get those? Is that what it's called? The Sunday yeah. Scaries? I suppose when I was real... I stopped going to school when I was probably like 11. Like, as far as like actually like going to class and stuff. Really? And doing anything. But um, but I do... Yeah, when I was a young kid, I remember being like, Ugh, I don't want to... Yeah, I don't want to... We got a whole nother week of this shit. Right, right. It was always such a weird like... Uh, like, you'd look forward to Friday... And then Friday night's awesome, no matter what. Yeah. But then, like, even Saturday morning, you're already thinking, like, all right, a little bit of the weekend is already gone forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And now I'm going to have to start thinking about Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, tonight I can stay up late. Yeah. But yeah. doom is impending. Yeah, it's really just even the day off, it's like knowing that you have to go to bed at a certain time. It just ruins uh, the whole day. Yeah, totally, totally. It's like, Absolutely. I was already, I mean, I, even at a young, I was like, okay, Sunday night, I was like, okay, well, how am I going to get out of Monday? How am I going to get out of Tuesday? So what, how, how are you just skipping school at that young age? Well, at first it was just anger shit. Like, I, I mean, like I got myself kicked out of a couple of public schools. Really? Or pr- private schools, rather. Yeah, I just was... <laughs> Oh, they couldn't. They didn't have the manpower to deal with me at some point. Like they tried <laughs> tough love and shit, and uh-huh. all that stuff, but or what they thought. It like, was. That doesn't work on me. I'm a Jedi. <laughs> well, I was just, uh, you know, I was not gonna. Uh, they were. It was not the way to get through to someone like me. Um, so then there was like a search for like uh, boarding schools. At one point, they were kind of like, and mm-hmm. then. Finally, they were like, well, let's try public school. And uh, I remember, like, they were like, well, let's... My mom was, you know, one of those helicopter parents, like, very, Mm -hmm. you know, was there to advocate for me and stuff. So, like, I remember they started me, like, with, like, two... I only had to go to two classes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for like six months. What? For six months, they're like, you only have to go to an hour of school. And it was gym zone. and lunch. And I remember thinking, <laughs> like, I remember thinking, like, this is amazing. Uh, this was in eighth grade. Um, they, your punishment for being a bad kid was you got to go to two classes. It would be a worse kid. Oh, my. And, like, <laughs> I remember thinking at the time, like, this is an amazing deal I've got. But everyone else here hates me, and rightfully <laughs> so. Like, it was just well, like you, you can't bring is... your best material for two classes a day. Well, two. It's like, what is wrong with this kid? That you're just <laughs> letting him run roughshod. Right. But then they assumed you went to like some other kind of school for yeah. the rest of the day. Yeah. So that was like seventh and eighth grade. I was just such, but I was such a mess too. Like you just couldn't. There wasn't anything that could be done. I was in a lot of grief and pain over some shit. Did you graduate from high school? Uh, yeah, well, and so high school was a little different. Like, I, I, I had to go to high school, like, freshman, sophomore year. I, like, I had to go to classes. Mm-hmm. And, but then uh, junior year, I was student body president. 
Really? Or not student body president. I was junior class president. Oh, my God. Talk about a rags to riches story. And then... Um, that's unbelievable. That's a behind the music uh, <laughs> No, I don't... I mean, turn around. what do you mean rags to riches? Like, you were You're at like, the depths guy... of, of uh, uh, juvenile delinquency <laughs> to president yeah. of the student body. The whole class like, does this guy even go here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> How's he president? <laughs> Someone at my high school reunion uh, said to me, she was like, you, you were kind of like sort of like a Donald Trump-like student body president. <laughs> and I was like, um, you know, I'll give that to you. Wow. In my defense, You're like, gonna build I was, a wall against I was your trying to burn school. down a high school, not the whole country. <laughs> you know, like, I just hated the teachers. Sure. It wasn't that big a deal. Uh, let's read a confession here. This is from uh, Karina Vishna. Visha, sorry. Derby, England. You ever perform in England, John? I haven't. I Me want neither. to. Me too. If there's someone out there who books something, that's my, I, I've like, uh, the whole like, with everyone moving to Texas, I'm like, I want to go do Europe. I right. I want to go do Edinburgh in particular. And I don't think it, I think it's too late for this year, but I want to go do Edinburgh at some nice. point. Well, Karina says, I have female Peter Pan syndrome. I just never want to grow up. I'm no good at adulting. It hurts my head. Most of the time, I live in a fantasy world. I'm nearly 50 going on 15. I actually call my best friend Peter Pan, and I'm Tinkerbell. Uh, in our adventures, we call them Neverland. It's an amazing fantasy to live in. Uh, we call it our bubble. Hell yeah. See, what's wrong with that? I don't... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the I thing. I think it's, it's cool. Like... When I was in high school, my friends would hang out in my parents' basement. We call it the Neverland basement. Nice. And it had nothing to do with, with Michael. No, it wasn't. Any, it wasn't a reference to uh, Michael Jackson. Okay, good. Um, <clears throat> well, okay. So here's the thing: it's just it's like nobody there ever grew up. Everyone sort of. agrees that there's that there's you want to keep some of your inner child alive, right? Sure. You don't want to become a stuffy old grumpy old guy, you right. know, who just cares about money. You want to have a little bit of that free loving spirit. Right. I going. just want to be a fuck man instead of a fuck boy. Right, right? exactly. So I'm looking for. Uh so where is the line with that? Like when does it become a problem? You know? I mean it's a problem if you're if you don't have any Peter Pan in you, right? Like that guy's miserable. Sure. Well I think it's I think it's real sad when people when when uh, when guys who have genuine responsibilities that were like letting children like you know who need a, a father figure down in that sense like yeah I, that's that's a pretty bad one yeah that's yeah that's, not taking care of your child definitely sure. counts there you go right yeah. yeah well see it's it's a little unfair to like lump all this stuff together though there's a you know like uh, the guy who doesn't take care of his kid well, versus uh, the guy I'll, who I'll turn it back on I'll t so here's I'm like I, I don't want to be a person who's um, dismissive of his family like I want to be there for my mm -hmm. mom and my mm -hmm. sister and sure. the, the people in my life who are important to me so right. whether you know I, I, I just because I'm flight of fancy all the time I'm missing important things with them right right that would be Sure, sure. I, I I think of it this way. You know how like whenever you you hear an interview with like a rock star or or like a famous comedian or whatever, and they're like, I just I could not do the regular world. I could not live the nine to five life. I feel like I'm kind of that, except for I never got famous. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's well, still people out there that have that that aren't famous. Yeah, that's most people. I would imagine fame is such a relative concept to me. I don't know what. Like, well, yeah, but there is a certain. A level where people are like, well, it's okay that that guy doesn't have a day job because he's doing really well in his his comedy or his art or whatever. What? <laughs> I'd like to talk to anyone who felt like that and be like, what past getting like to the ledger at the end of the month and being at zero is like? I'd argue. Yeah, for that. it like, certainly is relative. But if you're if you're like on TV and stuff, and you know, like the, at that point, people aren't going to be like, "Oh, that guy's got Peter Pan syndrome." There's going to be like, "He's a he's successful at his craft." Boy, that that's uh, I think uh, being on TV is such a fleeting one. You know. Well, yeah, that you, is. You you're talking about someone in a regular series? Well, I'd be like, know. yeah, for sure. Sure. Well, someone I, who's on right. uh, one of the four major networks regularly, I would agree with you. But yeah. But almost WB. Is there any comic who hasn't, who doesn't send some kind of TV? I have it. I don't think. Come on, I? like a comic. I was on the news Comcast. when I was a kid. A couple times. All right. Well, what do you use for your top credit? You don't. There's nothing you did. Uh, 
Um, no, I, I was asked to audition for Heart of the City. Okay. That's it. There you go. There's a... Um, I'm trying to think if I've been on anything local. I don't think so. Which you did very well at, by the way. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I, I was... Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I was happy with that performance. That was a great night. Um, That's cool. Thank you. Gonna, thank you. Man. But I'll tell you, this, I, this is what I was I thinking I love of. having a great audition and having nothing come from it. <laughs> Dude, I try to take the Rocky uh, approach. Like, as long as I didn't not get it because I screwed up, because I didn't put in the work, sure. then it's fine. You know what I mean? Obviously, it still sucks to not get it. But it's like, at least I can say it I did my best. I put in the it, reps though. before. It, it, it makes you better. You think so? Yeah. Well, you think it'd be a lot better by now than with all this rejection. Well... You know, pe- people who feel like that check back in on them in twenty years. Right, right, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing with, uh, you know, like we're talking about with fame and the, the relativity of it. It's it, it it's shocking to me when I got into stand up. It was shocking how easy it was to become a stand up comedian. You know, to be at a level where like I'm a working stand up comedian. Yeah, but, there's no, there's no, there's no. Right. There's no credentials. Yeah, you can just, run a show in your hometown, and if you make $500 right, that right. week, you're a stand-up comedian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was shocking to me like how <coughs> close in contact you'll get to like famous people here and there. You know what I mean? Sure. And it's also shocking to me who you see every now and then on like Comedy Central or whatever. Like it's not it's not that uncommon to like see someone you know popping up on Comedy Central. But so that's all really great, you know, because it's not that easy in other art, other art forms like music and you know poetry, acting and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, it's it's sad that that gets you nowhere, you know. Like it's. I mean, I don't I don't think it is. I think um, you. There are opportunities to to show that you deserve an audience. You know, it's right. TV's change. You don't get to just be on a. Oh, he he's on TV and now he goes. You know, there's so much competition in the in in the comedy industry in any industry. It's great for sure. the product, but sure. just because you've been on, you know, for what's it for? I mean, I, I'll tell you. Put it this way, um, like I have a TV credit. Uh, I would trade it to be on any of the top 50 podcasts in the world in a second, you know, Mm -hmm. like entertainment doesn't work like that anymore on TV is like, yeah, 10 years ago on Fox for five minutes. Yeah, man. Not even five minutes, like three minutes. I told some jokes. (laughs) On on like local or or national? It it was national, but it's, you know, opposite Saturday Night Live on Fox. (laughs) Nobody saw me on TV. Right, yeah. Well, that's still pretty cool. Me and my girlfriend saw me on TV at the time. She I'm sure you taped it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sure. Yeah, there you go. The tape is out there. It was a good set. It right. was fun. The Laugh Factory. That, when that happened, did you I, think, I like, had more right. fun at the Laugh Factory in Chicago that day than I ever had seen it on TV okay. after that. So Now, when, when it happened, though, that's one thing were you that still... was an adjustment for me where I go, like, no, the memory of actually having the fun at the show and doing it will forever be better than right well you you weren't naive enough at the time to think like all right i've made it there's no no no. there's no there because that's what i thought i don't (laughs) dude people say we're making it to me when mike lee and black said i was funny and we got it on tape i thought like all right i'm famous now there's no more yeah sure (laughs) yeah you're you've got and then a month later i'm doing like the worst open mics and bombing you know and no one's calling me Absolutely. I what well what you're talking about is two different things. You're talking about approval of your heroes. That's making it right. Of course it is. Right. The respect of the people you consider the best artists in the craft. That's you know, wh- whether sure. th- his approval means something to you. And it Nikki should, Six said I was funny. There you go. The Motley Crew. Fuck yeah. That's there you go. Yeah, that's the cool stuff. That's the man. thing though. It is it's like not, it, who gives a shit yeah. about how much money you made the year that he said right, that. Right, right, yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the trade off for me. That is part of the Peter Pan syndrome. Is like somehow I get to you know like when you're a kid and you list all the things you want to do when you grow up. And you're like I want to be an astronaut and an Olympic swimmer. Like I somehow get to do all my stuff. You know, I get to be a comedian. I get to be a musician. Yeah. Um, I get to write. I get to do a podcast. I, uh, what else do I do? Jimmy improv and improv, yeah. but the trade off is I can't expect to like have a nice condo, you know, in a car in a really nice, you know, like it's, 
it's going to yeah. have to be a shoestring budget kind of But life. you're right. The trade-off is it that a lot It might be on the way at some point for you, Mike. But I know, you, Mike, you're not going to give a shit about if you have a nice condo. That's yeah. just not who you are as a person, dude. You know? Yeah, but there is a part of me that's that kind of like looks at the places I live and, and you know, thinks like, you know, I wish I kind of had like more of a grown-up environment here. But I feel like that's the trade-off. How many people get to do all these things, you know? Yeah, how many people have nice condos and don't get to do any of the shit you just right? Listed? Yeah, any of the stuff they wanted the to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They work yeah. fifty hours a week at a job they don't even give a shit about. Like to Faith come home No More to... once said, "You want it all, but you can't have it." And I just blew your minds. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we'll be right back. <laughs> we're not going anywhere, right? No, we're not going. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to come back from outer space. Yeah, just making sure I'm on the same riff everybody's on. <laughs> uh, okay, well, John, what's your? Are you? You are a full time comedian, though, right? You don't. You, you I don't, don't know what to say about that. You don't work a day like job, that. though, right? I, I, I was pre pandemic. Okay. Um, well, you are then. Hopefully, I'm going to get back to touring as yeah. things open up, and and all it'll all. So, so it sounds to me like you got your, your thing going, like that's your career, you know, mm-hmm. you, it sounds like you're in a much, uh, a more professional place than I am, you know, do, but so why do you feel like you still have a Peter Pan thing going on? Um, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I, I guess, uh, it's not from a career standpoint as much as it is a relationships standpoint, okay. I suppose. Um, I wonder whether, um. I've maybe destroyed personal relationships because of the need to keep people at arm's length so I don't con- create the kind of situation I'm talking Maybe um, uh, fatherhood's a fear, for, you know, something like sure. that. Uh, sure, Deep in the cycle. Whatever. Do you want to have kids someday? Um, I, always, I was always pretty sure I didn't. Um, um, but now I'm just not thinking black and white about anything like mm-hmm. that. So... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I would um, hate to ever say on a podcast, no, I don't want to be a father. And then, you know, 20 years from now, your kid's playing yeah, it to you, being like, gonna, yeah. this is why I smoke. And I have to be like, yeah, your dad was a fucking idiot, <laughs> but not like, like he won't know that shit. But um, yeah. So you're saying we might have a potential download 20 years from now? I, no, Excellent. no. I, nice. Uh, oh, it's one more. I don't have any plans to have children. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, that's talking well, about well, something well, I'm not looking to manifest. Well, what um, is it you think you do in relationships that's immature? I've n- I don't know. I've never once thought about it. Um, it just sounded like a cool idea for a topic for a podcast. <laughs> well, it is. Do you think some, like, you're, what you're, can you? Is there anything you'd be like? Ah, that's the, there's an example, and I'll tell you if I've done it or not. Um, let's see. So you're not a neglectful father. We got that out yes. of the way, right? As, yep. Well, you, you kind of suggested your, your drinking was part of that, that you've, you've gotten past. What, how do you mean? Well, you said like you, you gave up drinking, yes. which is that, that was like an immaturity in your life. Wasn't sure. It? Well, I just think at some point you got to be able to read the scorecard and, uh, mm. uh, it was about a hundred nothing. At sure. That point, so, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, the mattress on the floor, I think, was an example. Someone yeah, that's, I mean, that sort of thing. Um, I definitely fit into like, uh, like I, I play, I'm playing like a lot of old school video games now. Like I've gone back and I'm like playing Sega Genesis. Sure. Uh, playing NHL. Echo the Dolphin. Like, yeah, I, I have that um, nostalgia. Like, I feel like everybody our age does. To some degree. There's no, like, there, feel, of it, course, there. who wouldn't have nostalgia yeah, for a time where you could do dumb, well, yeah. stupid right. shit? And adults would just come in and go, ah, who cares? Well, that's that's the thing about Neverland, like with Michael that we were talking about. Like, he was the original hipster. He was doing all that stuff before it was cool, you know, playing the video games and having water balloon fights and stuff. Um, And I I will say, I romanticize having not grown up, but I did learn some lessons in adolescence where, like, I remember having a conversation with my father once. He had gotten me out of something. And um, he just was like, you know, it's pretty easy to get you out of some of these things because you're always funnier than you are stupid. 
<laughs> but I'm, he's, he was like, listen, there's going to come a point where if you fuck one of these up, I'm not going to be able to help right. you. Um, and I, it was something. So I had like been caught stealing uh, a lot of toilet paper. Um, so, um, for what reason your parents just weren't providing it? No, we would, uh, me and my friends would, would steal toilet paper from a lot of different places and then toilet paper, all the girls that we liked houses, you know, as a clever, like, Hey, we like you sort of, right. That works. Uh, high school way to get attention. Yeah. Yeah, If you're trying to get in with the girls, I hadn't discovered the stage yet, so I didn't have a proper outlet for look at me, ladies. I never did any actual toilet papering. I don't think. Did you, Jimmy? No, I egged one house once, and I felt super guilty about right. it. Right? Yeah. 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 See, like that's that was the sort we we started. I'm be like, okay, well, I'll back. We'll just toy. You know, like it was pain for sure, but no one ever was like, oh, there's a five thousand dollar paint job or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, like some of the oh boy, some of the kids we bullied. Not my next door neighbor was a great. He's a good friend of mine now, but he caught some shit when he was young. <laughs> like we, what? Uh, we were just, we were pretty merciless. We, we probably toilet papered his house like, you know, something like 10, 12 Jeez. weeks in a row, something like that. <laughs> I remember they had, his dad had yeah. like a, a, a utensil specifically for. Did he know it was you? Us. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, we, uh, this, I mean, we, we really did um, sort of. He, he was two years younger than a lot of us, but he was a good athlete, so he would like hang with us. But we really did terrorize him, sort of. Like we would like yeah. ding dong ditch his house, and like he'd be like at the door, and we'd be <laughs> ding dong ditch. It was a very, we were we were oh, pretty. Sh- I mean, this is when we were like ten, you know nine. I remember ten year attempting kids, to do. So it's not like we were. <laughs> I attempted to do the uh, which I, I believe I got from uh, the Mighty Ducks, uh, where the the bag of poop with like a dollar hanging out yeah i attempted to do that with my neighbor but i i only oh, had change and we, i had like a plastic bag i got my cat's poop the billy madison thing <laughs> yeah billy we madison. did that in our neighborhood and then well, that, and the fire department fire. got called oh. um and like they were gonna charge me with malicious burning after it wow and those kids that was years later those kids all dimed me out though they were like it was conroy's idea <laughs> and i probably i mean it was a good move from them and nothing happened but Right. And they were just trying to scare us. Again, I think we were like 11. And they were like, it was one of those things like, oh, it's in that movie. And they're like, sure, then it's damn cute. Adam it Sandler. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't watch his movies 13 more times tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, looking back, the, the flaming pie, the bag of dog poop, that is a pretty dangerous prank. You are really putting yourself at risk. For getting that was explained there. to us, too. Like, you know, fire is right. not a fucking thing to joke right. around. You do a dollar. And That's we, what they, they were. True. It was true. Yeah. 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 How bad would you feel if you burned down someone's house for that? Oh, I mean, uh, you did burn down someone's no, house. No, 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 I didn't. Uh, no, oh, was, well, well, there was, was toilet paper benign. all over the house. Right, the fire. toilet paper just lights up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> it, it ended up being a very benign thing, but, but still. <laughs> well, what was the one you got in the most trouble for, John? Huh? I can't. The most trouble. I don't know. There were some you weren't like, that kid that ro- ruined no, the Orioles. No, I was. I was like game. the guy who uh, I had a lot of narrow escapes. Um, like I remember thinking I was going to get in trouble real bad at high school for. Uh, um, I basically like they a kid had written a, a speech for an election that they didn't think was appropriate, um, and uh, so I asked him to write a new speech about censorship. Which he did. Which oh my was, god! You're like Pearl Jam it, or something. He did it beautifully, and then I took his original speech and I passed it out in the auditorium while he was what? giving the censorship speech. Oh, dude, this is and like they some... were. Oh man, they were livid, mad. But I remember, I, um, I, my, wow. I. That's I, cool though. Yeah, dude, that's that's like, some, like that's uh, rock and roll. Um, Vietnam protest. Stuff it was going on. it was a fun day, but also it it worked out. So perfect, like because um, right at that moment, I had to sign out and go over to over across the Bay Bridge for a speeding ticket that my dad was gonna. My dad drove me out and got me out of. Uh, just basically, like walked into a small town judge and was like, "He's sorry. Can you give him the least?" And they were like, "Uh huh, sure." <laughs> um, but and in the time I was out, that so like 
I remember the two admi- assistant principals riding up to me in a golf cart, like shaking their fists. Uh, and I was like, I have this court date. And they were like, okay, well, we'll you tomorrow. Um, you report to the head guy's office immediately. The principal. Um, yeah. And uh, I remember I showed up the next day and they didn't say shit. Really? They were like, the the I will say, the principal at my high school was very smart in that he knew I wasn't worth engaging. Okay. He knew, he knew that, that was it was it. not, like, he made a lot of smart calls where, like, I did provocative things, and he was like, you know, I'm just not going to let it. He right. was he was a smart guy like that. Um. So why didn't they say anything? Because of that reason, or they forgot? Well, I th- the thing that the two assistant principals didn't know is that uh, he and I had had, a, he and I had a backstory with that where, Someone had been kicked out of an election a long time before uh, that I had been in, uh, and they had said it was because he didn't clear his speech. Ah. Um, and I was involved with all that. And so there was a little bit of backstory where I was like, he, I think he looked at it and was just like, why? And it was also like six weeks before I graduated. Okay. Like, why poke? Sure. I have, sure. I have nothing to lose, mm-hmm. and there's... Like, mm-hmm. why not let me think I got away with this and have that be the senior prank I was so proud of? Right, you know? right. Like, that's right. smart that's like that. That is. It's like not engaging a troll. I mean, not that I didn't yeah. participate in other senior <laughs> pranks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Further though, every, on, that every now and then, the best thing in the world... At that point. The best thing in the world was when you got in trouble <laughs> and then the adult just somehow forgot about it, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Just, the, rat, the doom just never came. Yeah. That was yeah, a great that feeling. Yeah, there were also like little things where they like. I remember I got on a hot mic. Um, I was on a hot mic. I like spoke into a mic one time, and I said the word "dateless," uh, and it it the mic cracked and it came out dickless on the <laughs> on the like. Uh, it was like the closed circuit television at the school. I was in like some kind of morning announcements or something, and I remember the teacher at the class looked at me, and. I, like I was like I said dateless I said uh, and then I remember being in the thing for that and then making a big deal about it and I was like I can't control like y- you're y- the mic <laughs> were weird about yeah. some stuff yeah well speaking of uh, school follies we have uh, one here from Carrie McCall Ventura from Warwick Rhode Island. I've been to Warwick, Rhode Island. Comedy yep. Zone used to have a room up there. I play with Paul Hooper up there. It's oh, my nice. favorite. That's where we went to Smoky Bones. Smoky Bones. hung out with all the uh, ladies with the sweatpants. Was that a crematorium? Um, what? Smoky Bones, a crematorium? Smoky Bones. It's a barbecue joint and, oh. and late night dance place that Paul Hooper loves. Wow, nothing what did you say about the ladies? Like Crazy. Ladies with the sweatpants? He has a thing for women who start drinking early in the day. Mm. He likes them to get like a good happy hour at the bar in in sweatpants, and then he wants to dance with them all night long. So. Oh. And, right. and he was really about that Smoky Bones in Warwick, Rhode Island. Okay. Okay. Sweatpants, capital of the world. Carrie says, I have never lost my sense of enchantment. I hope that I bring this wonder, excitement, and endless curiosity into my classroom with the with me and spread it th- thoroughly to all the little kids I teach. Yeah. Sure. She's a she's a preschool teacher? I don't know what grade she teaches. Okay. Well, sure. You sh- that's one I would think Peter Pan, they should look for him, right? Right. Right. Well, there are. Those... We don't do enough in this society. You see the problem, apply it to the person. We, where well, see, we that's it, that's right? what I'm saying is that this Peter Pan thing is split right down the middle. Like, I'm it's not, don't listen to anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, half of it is 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 like lovely, you know. Yeah. And then the other half is like you're not uh, paying your kids uh, child support, you know. Like, right. I guess it's that that line, you know, like that you cross. You know, because you, you want to have that childlike sense of enchantment and wonder. Mm-hmm. Well, too, I also do just want to do a better job of having like adult conversations and not the most sophomoric line. And like, you know, like you're you're around comedians. When would that? I ever know. Happen? I know that. I know it's. I know Ever. It's, I know it's a pipe dream. I know it's a. I know it's a pipe dream. But uh, like last night, I was having a conversation. I was out. I was in a town where I've spent a lot of time in, and I have exes. 
And uh, someone asked me like if I needed a place to crash, and I was like, no, I still, you know, I'm still friendly with. And uh, one of the guys was like, oh yeah, you are, man. And I was like, does. <laughs> I'm like, this is a story. Like, in my head, I'm pants, like, me, bro. me and this woman went through some real shit together, and we're actually friends. Like, this is a real growth yeah. moment for right, me. Right. I can, I, I'm like, and I, in my head, I was like, I, if I needed a place to stay tonight, I could absolutely crash at her sure. place. And uh, and then I, so I say that out loud. It's like, oh, that's it, what a nice moment for me. And this, yeah, sex, huh? huh? <laughs> Intercourse, hey, eh? I hear you. Only way we can relate to each other. Right, right. Yeah, I hear you. I'd like to think that I am, uh, even though I'm, I'm by no means an adult, um, socially, I would like to think emotionally I'm pretty mature. You know, like, I mean, People have told me that like since I was younger, you know? Uh, like I, I feel like I, I, I can relate to people. It's not like I can't talk to to people my age, you know. I just can't talk to them about their mortgage. Sure. Yeah. You know. What yeah, I mean? there is some like when some if someone's like I, I have an invest, I'm like uh, you you got the wrong guy. I don't even know what half those words mean. Yeah, like uh, my the inv- only A investment bank I'm account in is myself. <laughs> right. This may be working out. <laughs> How's the stock in that right now? Um, I mean, I, how's the Dow? I, it's definitely, it's definitely um, part of the economic recovery is my own standing in stand-up comedy. So. Hey, Norm Macdonald's like talking about when he watches the news. He's like, "Oh, Nasdaq. I know that word." Yeah. <laughs> he's the greatest. I was just talking about his AA bit with somebody the other day. Oh yeah, yeah is he sober? His, no, no, he's his. I mean, not maybe not his AA bit, but it's about alcoholism or something. He's, he's like, call me crazy. It is the you know the best disease. It is the only disease where you get to be drunk all day. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do norm, but it's you can imagine. He very slowly points out the fact that. You're the one who gets to have all the fun right, and be drunk right. yeah. while your friends and family <laughs> yeah. suffer. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's what I tell people actually is that like I don't I never had a drinking problem. I loved every second of my drinking. Everyone else had a problem with my drinking. My problem was with sobering up. Sure. Yeah. That's the part. That's, that's the real disease. Being sober. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, being sober after a drunk is yeah. e- way even worse than mm-hmm. being sober. Mm-hmm. Just in general. Um. All right. Oh, uh, the uh, have you ever seen uh, Norm Macdonald do David Letterman? Yes. Oh my god, I the last it. one. I don't know about the it's last the, one. I think it was the last. Isn't it the last Letterman? Oh, he did him on it. The last iteration of one of the shows, okay. Norm was the very final guest, and they. Oh, very, okay. Like, nice. Talk about people. Uh, I. That's the shit I live for in comedy. Is where like two. Those are two of the least sentimental people I could think of in the whole world. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, I feel come like on. Dave that's had the like feature a human of, uh, yeah, maybe that connection. is part of like, Dave's. He, like, that's part of he was able to like jump back and but forth. But even for Dave, you what you loved about Dave is that you weren't sure that he liked the people he was talking to. <laughs> absolutely, right? you know, he was absolutely. Um, maybe he is sentimental. Sentimental could be the wrong word, for but Norm. That's what I. No, there's. Norm just takes sentimentality completely out of things, and that's the brilliance of him. I, I never think. really got the appeal so to of see normal. Really, I never I saw. I feel like you would like, like him. I saw. I guess I just never really saw enough of him or him in his prime. Like, sure. Like I mean, you said, you're 29, right? Yeah, so I'll be 29. How would you have? It's like I mean, I know he was doing late night. Didn't he start in like the 70s with? Jay- <laughs> Jay Leno and I think like early 80s probably started early the, 80s the late, but like late I, I don't know exactly when uh, late night started but I know that um, him like I know a little bit of, I read that uh, I'm dying up here so I know him and Leno were like at the store together yeah, coming yeah. up yeah he said he was a dick um, they were all Carson's. Letterman was a dick no then? Leno Leno oh. was a dick Leno's known what? as a dick to yeah is that to true? other comedians I've heard really? he's a nice person when you meet him but he's like he's that guy in the comedy scene that's just manipulating everybody and kissing butt and mm. that's I what mean, I've heard I think yeah. <laughs> but I saw like Norm McDonald's of course appeal. you like, have I, totally I mean he's the guy who was the head of the Tonight Show that's what everyone's gonna think about that guy of course yeah I, a lot of that I, is just, bitter I, of comedians I heard about like when he was coming everyone's up gonna, he was that just guy who tedious. ran the Tonight Show just didn't like me yeah I don't I don't know if that's it though people don't say the same thing about Dave or Conan you know yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was well, difficult to be on that show, and he wasn't that. I Jimmy, what do I? 
uh, yeah, none of us know. None of us have any idea. We're talking about stuff we have no, no insight on sure. at all <laughs> with strong opinions. But, um, but to, uh, I will say, to see Norm be sentimental with and like that kind of moment between two guys like that, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, sentimentality when it's called for. Right, right. Made right. for some amazing TV. Well, Jimmy, I wanted to tell you though what I found appealing about David Letterman as a kid when I started watching him was like, I, I figured he was just another boring old guy, you know, on late night TV making stupid jokes. Yeah. Um, about Las Vegas and stuff. Uh, and then I watched him, and I was like, "This guy is weird. This is the weirdest thing that I have seen on mainstream television." And to this day, I'm kind of shocked that they let him do his thing for so long. You know, like that was alt comedy to me, huh? I, I guess I just again, I, I, I guess because I never saw it in that light, and I always just, I mean, I was coming up ten years behind you, and just seeing him just kind of on late night TV, and just being like, "Okay, it's just." A guy, like a network guy. Right. I never really like paid enough attention to notice those things. Huh. I'll tell you what what I think he's known best for is I think all all television shows up until his were had that mode of like, here's the guest. They're mm. so great. The guest right, the guest right. is always the greatest person in the you know, Johnny Carson's never gonna embarrass anyone. Right. Like, you know, it mm-hmm. promo ran through and Letterman was, you can see on his face when he's interviewing people how unimpressed (laughs) he is by, by like, like the Paris Hilton one's my favorite. Like, the fact that you're a rich hotel heiress isn't going to impress David Letterman. He's not going to pretend like you're... uh, Your new project is cool. Like, so he was the first guy who you could pick that up on. Huh. On okay. television is yeah. the way my that's the way my dad explained it to me. About I'll it. have to watched, watch the yeah. best of David Letterman compilation on YouTube just to get the gist. I gotta tell you, I, I search for those sometimes, and I feel like I never quite get the essence with those videos. Yeah, I guess it depends. Maybe on that's it. why you you didn't like. Maybe that the way he's presented in the mainstream is like different than the, yeah. They're from finding a kid the, who watched the, the wrong night. highlights. Right. Like, no, I I think that might be the case exactly like what we wanted. Like to his be. weird stuff. Like actually, the Norm Macdonald sketch is almost kind of probably highlights his his essence more with uh, you know just kind of condensing all his weirdness into. Oh, he went on. He went on right after he got fired too. That's a great. Yeah, that's one of my all time favorite com. Where, where, Norm on Letterman after being fired from Saturday Night Live because <laughs> he got fired from Saturday Night Live for not being funny. Like it's just <laughs> the best. Well, it's he just did the best to me that there's anyone in the world who thinks Norm. Yeah, like that. It was just it's a, a network exec. part part of Norm's thing, appeal. That's what comedy is. There's right. one, like. The, Norm Macdonald, who everyone agrees is one of the funniest people in the world, one rich white guy with a lot of power is like, I don't think he's funny. Get him off well, my show. I will say that this. That is what happened. Much much like I would have, I, I, I would give kudos if, if Ben Kronberg bombed at the Mall of America. A lot of Norm's stuff, he, it is part of the funny was that these mainstream people didn't get his jokes. And yeah. he started, I felt like he started doing that more and more on when he was the, the uh, news anchor. On sure. SNL, where he just he just like relish in the long awkward silences, yeah. you know. Yeah. What was his joke? Kind of like, like anti comedy, or so the Germans would have us think. Like that was his that was his line for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember that one, but uh, it was great. <laughs> he definitely did a lot of that stuff, but uh, you know, I thought it was fucking good. Yeah. Then again, I wasn't there. Right. Right. Did, did, we all said that, right? Nobody said Norm Macdonald wasn't good on this podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Making sure I did. No, I love him. I love him. Uh, I, feel, I think I've tried to get him on the podcast before. Not sure. Or so the Germans would have us think. <laughs> and then somehow he altered it to, or so the German shepherds would have us think. Yeah. And it was just crickets in the audience. And I remember thinking, like, God, this, how is this guy, you know, yeah. they're going to get rid of him. <laughs> he's just he's relishing in his bombing. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Gene D. Weber from Milwaukee, Oregon. Um, I definitely had Peter Pan syndrome in my 20s. It's also referenced as failure, failure to launch 
or arrested development, even man-child, though not limited to just men, with the increase of people living with their parents even up to their late 20s, early 30s, people seem to almost accept it as how it is. This is not to say that I subscribe to the conservative notion of just try harder as knowing that long hours and early death is not a great way to go either and seems to be a product of earlier generations being held back by having children at a young age, most people not even wanting them at a later age. The problem is that people have been exposed to helicopter parenting and overall taught that they can be anything while not accepting their limitations and by extant thinking limitations are bad. We live in an era where feelings are considered more important than facts, which while personally true, as is the same with faith in one's imagination, isn't objectively true. All that being said, as long as it is not having a negative effect on one's self or those around them, it's hard to say how much it really matters. If nothing else, those who are parented by this current generation uh, may in fact subscribe to a great idea of responsibility as a form of rebellion, but only time will tell. That's a lot packed into that confession. I feel like there's several different theses in there. I didn't. Yeah, I I I, I checked out. <laughs> well, I read it. <laughs> sure. Here's here's the f- most fun part of the podcast where John reads silently. No, let's. We should talk about it while I read it. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I got from the beginning of that. Yeah. And by the way, your inability to pay attention might be part of your. Uh, that might be a check on the list there. Yeah. Sure. Um. What I. When he said uh, living at home, that's a thing that has definitely changed in like since my generation. And I'm mad mm-hmm. that it happened. Like it, for me, it was not cool to be 23 and living at home. Yes. It, it wasn't like the kiss of death. Lots of people did it, but it was like a very shameful thing, you know? And yeah. now I feel like it's totally normal to be in your, your 30s and still live at home. Well, we've had, we, I think, and, and I think the kind of college rush also helped a lot with this as well, is we, this generate my generation, like you're technically a millennial still, right? But you're like, I don't know. A, some say I'm Gen X, some say I'm a millennial. So I'm like, a millennial, technically. You're, you're a millennial? Yeah. No, yeah, I think you're they, not. I think they yeah, say 83. 80. I think they say born in 83. John was born in 80. Okay, so I think that's Gen X. I think you're a very right. young Gen Xer. I got you. And I, I, feel like, I feel like I consider you more... I mean, but then again, it's like... I feel like I'm right in the middle. I was born in 92. And, and I, I would say that, like, I lived at home until I, right before I turned 22. Mm-hmm. And then I moved in with a girl. And then uh, when we broke up, I had to move back into the house when I was 26 for about eight months. And I hated that. Yeah, like, when I... I, I that was the worst. When I was 27, I had to move back just for a few months while I was in between places, basically. Like mm-hmm. a girlfriend uh, broke up with me. And I needed to find a new place. And I stayed with my mom for a few months. And that, to me, felt like I have failed. I yeah, have you just feel no... like you just feel like an embarrassment. Right. So it is shameful. But then again, but, it's like with the college thing, it's like, the, it's like an extended adolescence almost. Yeah. Like people go to college. Then instead of coming out into the real world at 18 – with no no real credentials uh-huh. that can get you a good job. Right. They come out of college four years later at 22, usually with no still real credentials or any meaningful yeah. education that can get you but a job. I will say this, though. as I, I mean, I'm 39 now, and I'm looking at maybe having to stay with my mom again for a few months as I have to leave this current place eventually. Mm-hmm. And I really don't give a shit now. <laughs> Well, it's like it's it's a it's a circumstantial thing. It's like, are you like if you are coming like if like let's it depends on what you're doing it for. Like you mm-hmm. know, it's a transitional thing. Right, right. You There's stay with, if like it's she's right down the street. It's convenient. There's no reason not to. I hang yeah. out at my mom's place all the time. Yeah, we get along. Yeah, but there's still like something inside me that says like, oh no, you failed if you did that. You know. Yeah. But it's less than when I was in my twenties, mm-hmm. which is weird. You think it'd be the opposite. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it doesn't bother me spending time there. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, I've had somewhere else I can be too. So, yeah. Um, uh, but it's my mailing address, or, or, or it was up until December. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and um, I don't know. I, I I was during the pandemic. I was like, oh, at some point, I was going to have to go back to my mom's, and that didn't work. I was like, no, this is too. I'm too old for this back and forth about like right. where I've been today. My mom used to do that to um, me too. 
you when know, I was living at like, 26. Like, so it's like, okay, I need to get an apartment. Like, and, uh-huh. I, and I did uh, very quickly after. And things have been great since. Um, but also, like, you know, I mean, there'll be a time where I'm back through the area and I'll stay at my mom's for as long as yeah, well, necessary. Well, with guys who tour, if you get successful enough that you can tour either in comedy or music, <laughs> for a lot of people, it just makes sense to stay with your mom when you're home. Sure. You know, like, I, like uh, Future Islands, or my your, friend from that. Yeah. Well, he, he just, what? he's like, there's yeah. no reason for me to get an apartment when, like, I just come home for short periods of time. And, you know. uh, and if it gets, you know, I know when I'm outstaying my welcome somewhere. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty easy to tell. So. Yeah. And I don't, uh, I know how to use Airbnb. I know how to use, uh, yeah. you know, cheap hotels. So I right. can string it all together. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's, you know, yeah. you, you make it work where you can. It's such a weird thing that people would care where someone rests their head at night. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do think I it do. Is I do understand why women don't want to date men that live with their uh, their family, but um, you know that's a personal choice, I guess. For me, I've I, I've also known women who are like think it's great that I'm close with my mom. Right, and, right. You know, for me, it's like every woman I date always has a better place than I do. Anyway, we're sure. never hanging out at my place. It's always hers. Right. So that's another reason. It's almost scary to me. Well, that's how probably much, a part of how Peter many Pan reasons syndrome too, right? The dirty. Yeah, yeah, one. but but I think that's that. also the trade-off. You know, that's sure. for for me personally. That's the uh, like I said, I'm not going to be making like serious money and be able to do all the things that I do. You know, yeah. I I also like um, I really am a minimalist. Yeah, me too. I, I don't me think too. I'm I'm not. It's not a faking thing. Like I just right. I I mean, it, it's hard for me to even care about putting posters on my wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and even when I've done that, you know, they fall down. I'm like, eh, put it back up, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm definitely, I, I like the fact that I'm a minimalist. I really don't need a whole lot, especially now with this, the smartphone. Like, yeah. you know, all the free entertainment you get at any time, you know? Yeah, and I was very blessed. I got to tour and basically live out of my car for almost two full years where wow. I was like booked solid Wow! and I would only spend, you know, a couple of days here and there with right. family and stuff like that. And that was, those were the best times I ever had in comedy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'll get back to that point? Or? I sure hope so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think the only thing standing in my way is my own attitude. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so then no. Yeah. <laughs> then, so, so here we go down again. Here's but. the, I did well, start last night. No, show with you, you are. Thanks you are for coming out to my annual Father's Day meltdown. I think of you, John, <laughs> as a solid headliner. Who I think there's no reason why you can't. Oh be boy, the word "solid" there just makes me feel. Oh, no, I just you know you look at some people and you're like, well, he can you know sure. like with me probably people yeah. are like, well, he can headline a show, but he's not like uh, you know he's not going jumping from club to club. You know, like a sure. I appreciate that, man. I um. I'll I'll tell you, I was just having this conversation with someone last night. It's like, um, once you get to the headliner level and you start doing that regularly, you realize that that level is, it's not even a level that exists, which you're trying to be great. Mm -hmm. And there's, nobody gets to, you know. To me, a headliner is a guy whose name I see on the lights at a theater and I go, oh, that's sold out. Another level. It's always another level. Every comedian I know, no matter what level they get to, they just obsess over the next one. Um, well, I think that's part of being a good business person. <laughs> um, but also, um, I mean, you have to compare yourself somehow. But I, I, I will say, um, like I have a, a, one of my best friends, a guy named Nate Abshire. His, his album just uh, his first album just came out. It's uh, called Nate Abshar coming in hot, um, available on Pandora and stuff. Uh, but uh, he was talking about how for an album, like he feels like he's been on a spaceship out in the middle of space for years. And the only way to judge how far he's come and where everyone else is, is by putting down an album. But the truth is, uh, I mean, like after reading that, what I thought was like, well, I'm just happy the spaceship's still going. Yeah. And as far as it goes or where it goes, right. I'm going to try to, uh, and everything's changing work on myself, too, you know, like the rest the, will take care of it. Right, right. right. It seems like just in this digital age and then especially in the pandemic, like there's no set, 
you know, circuit anymore, is there? You know, it's just kind of like everybody just figures it out for themselves. Well, I, I think yeah. the, the key now is to, uh, if you have followers on the internet and you can sell tickets at the door. I mean, it's become mm -hmm. a very stripped down business. Right, it's right. not um, the old model of like... Yeah how I got started of like that you would have a booking agent and, <laughs> and go out and get grades and stuff. Yeah, it just doesn't even, exist anymore. There's yeah. the feature spot. I like, I remember being mad about 10 years ago. I listened to an episode of Mark Maron and it was like, uh, you know, that's where the, we get like feature, 50% of our listeners, the features, by the way, people who oh, think really? that my name is close oh, to really? Mark. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I, 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 I it's, he's great. Yeah. His podcast great. But like this particular situation, he was talking about how like, features there's no professional features anymore and i was a professional feature <laughs> pretty much at that point like i had started headlining yeah. some rooms but i mean but he had and i was like what an asshole like I, i'm doing that but he just saw the ground moving out underneath my feet before <laughs> i did you know yeah, so yeah uh, yeah. Well, I, I guess like most features these days don't really travel i mean they do well, but, but I not think, like uh, i think almost every headliner that can sell their own tickets can also bring someone that they yeah. like who's good and and yeah. you know that's the model now mm -hmm. and it should mm -hmm. be uh, it's it's miserable to be out on the road with people you don't like you know having one other friend sure. who you uh, respect uh and inspires you creatively is important I absolutely think. absolutely all right, well, guys, this has been an ep. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say this has been an episode. This has been a great episode. This has been an episode. This has been an episode of the Confessional. <laughs> we have had a guest, John Conroy. We covered a topic. <laughs> where can uh, where can people find you on social media, John? Uh, my Twitter's Conroy FTW. My Instagram's John Conroy Comedy, and I'm on Facebook too. Excellent. And Jimmy, where can people find the confessional if they are so inclined? If you are so inclined, check us out. Uh, Facebook.com slash confessional podcast. Like that page. Mike posts the topic every week. You can submit your confessionals in that thread or DM us privately if you want your confession to be read anonymously. Uh, you can also check us out on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, any of your podcast apps really and uh hopefully soon uh we'll get this youtube thing kicking off again this was the uh first uh first recorded video right for and confessional podcast we can't let these looks go on we can't it's a know? waste this is a visual that needs to be shared it's truly a waste all right so, guys uh, yeah all thanks right. for having me guys of course Definitely. thank you john thank you jimmy thank you mike and we'll see everyone next time on the confessional. <laughs>